Come on. Thank you, guys. I love it. Thanks, Pastor Steph. She always gives me such a wonderful, warm welcome. Well, welcome to Collie Street. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome home. Welcome home. You know, we work really hard to make this a come-as-you-are kind of atmosphere, but we also come expecting that you're going to leave with something to help further you to where God is calling you, and not just calling you to, but what he's calling you through. Because we're all going through something, right? And if you read through the Bible, what I love about it is how God just used people like you and me. He took them through the fire. He took them through the water. Hey, one guy even got a walk on water. He shut the mouths of lions. And I think for some of us, there's been voices that have been, uh, you know, people, things out there that are talking to us that God wants to shut. He wants, that aren't, aren't furthering us. You know what I'm saying? He wants to shut the mouths of, of those that are roaring in your ear that are keeping you from moving forward in your faith. No, am I the only one? Okay. Are you with me today? Yeah. Okay. I'm just getting warmed up here. So speaking of getting warmed up, you know, I asked the team, I said, you know, it's been a little cold lately. It's been a little wet lately. A little is an understatement. But when I get cold and I get wet, there's nothing more that I like than to get around a cozy fire and a wood-burning fire. I mean, I'll settle for the gas fireplace, you know, whatever, but nothing beats wood heat, right, James? Oh, man, you get a couple friends around a wood fire, the smell, the crackle, the mmm, it's so good! Um, but they gave me this. So, <laughs> sorry I can't light a fire here, and they probably don't trust me to light fires either, because I got a little bit of an M.O. when it comes to fires. Uh, ever since I was a young lad, I've been lighting fires. Some got out of hand, and uh, some. And to this day, I like, I like big. You know, I like... Like, what's with this little fire business? We need to have a big fire, a bonfire. How else do you bond but get around a bonfire, right? And so my version of a bonfire is pretty much gather any kind of wood, wet wood. It doesn't even have to be wood. Put it in a pile, you know, pour gas on it, light a mash, and get around it. The problem with that is it looks good, you know, at first, but eventually it burns out or it just turns into a smoke show. You know, fires, guys that can make fires and keep fires going, it's an art, is it not? Darcy, it's an art. I, I, my my brother-in-law's gotta be around here. You know what, Nick is an artist when it comes to making fires. You watch that guy, he takes my boys into the bush and he's pulling certain moss off trees and you know, and then little pieces of kindling that he finds, finds I don't know where, he looks and he finds them and he builds these little log cabins and then he takes like two sticks together and he rubs them and he gets this fire going. Like it's, it's an art. And then if you watch him, he, he slowly adds to it. He starts small, and he, and he adds to it, and he gets bigger and bigger. But his fires, they don't just look impressive. They'll continue to burn and burn right through the night. And you know what? I, that's what God wants for us. Inside of us, there's a fire. Inside of us, inside of us, there's a flame that he wants to fan. You know, but he doesn't just want a, a, us to get a whole bunch of people together, you know, put on a big show, like light a fire, and then leave a whole bunch of smoldering wicks you know that the enemy can come around and just quench that's not what he wants to do he wants that fire to burn bright so we're doing a brand new uh series light your world you know but before we can light the world around us we have to light the world within us it has to start in our hearts right it has to start in our home in our community in our neighborhood right 
So again, it's, it's one thing to light a fire. It's another thing to keep the fire lit. And that's my title. That's my title. How do we get lit? Now, hey, I got to caution you because there was a time when that was not a good thing. Now, apparently, it's a good thing. But I'm talking about lighting a fire within your heart, within your soul that will burn brightly. Are you still with me? Thank you online for being with me. Thank you for not taking this out of context because there will come clarity, trust me. Because we've been, you know, we've been flooded with opportunities, like literally, and our hearts go out to our family. And I'm so proud of all of you, by the way, that have gone out to different homes to, to pump water. And then, you know, in the midst of, a lot of you probably don't even know this happened. But this last week, our community cupboard got flooded. But I'm telling you, men and women came together. We pumped that water out. We moved the stuff over. We dried it out. We, we, we ripped out all the flooring. We put in new flooring, new paint, and we got them back in. And praise God, our community cupboard is back in and active already. We don't wait for nobody. We just get it done. We get it done. Turn to someone and say, get it done. Get it done. So in this season, though, we know there are a lot more opportunities out there, and it's not just going to be a one-time thing. God has given us the ability to light our own fires and in our community so that we can provide warmth, safety, and security for the people in need. This isn't a one-time thing. And so how do we fan that flame that is within us? How do you live lit as opposed to having a dimly burning wick? Well, we can choose to live limited or we can live lit. The choice is ours. But as I'll share with you today, it has a lot to do with what's fueling the flame, okay? So I don't know if you've struggled in, in your current position even with self-worth, net worth, generosity. You think it's the most wonderful time of the year, but I'm sure inside of each and every one of us, we want to give more than even what we're able to give. Am I right? You wish you could just give more. You, you, you're like, oh, Lord, help me, like... Make a way where there seems like there is no way. Show me what, what God-style generosity looks like. Not what the world gives, but what God wants to give. This is something that it, it's not just seasonal that we'll struggle with. It's something that it, it will go on and on. And if you've struggled with any of these things, good news, you're not alone. The Bible is full of people that struggle. You're in a community of people that are not just struggling, but they're doing something about it, and they're seeing results and getting results. So let's take a look at um, one of Paul's letters to the church in Corinth. Okay, Paul addresses the topic of forgotten generosity. I don't think any of us have forgotten generosity, but sometimes... We get caught up in all the circumstances and things that are going on around us, and we miss what's right in front of us. You know, James was sharing this morning on generosity. Generosity can look like a word of affirmation, a smile, a hug, right? Little is much when God is in it. And you see, the church in Corinth, they, they were one of the first churches that Paul planted. But they were a church that... We're coming into a season of crisis and famine. 
And Paul was raising money amongst the churches because there were several churches now that were planted. And the cool thing was these new churches with non-Jewish people mostly, new believers, were so generous and they were outgiving the more mature believers. And so Paul wanted to use them as an example of encouragement to the church in Corinth. And so he was taking up a relief gift, a flood relief gift, you would. No, there wasn't a flood going on. But it was a relief gift. As a symbol of unity in the family, everyone coming together that has something to give to help others. And so many of these churches were thrilled to give. But again, the, the Corinthian church was, you know what, they were so busy actually at the time, if you read 1 Corinthians, um, actually challenging Paul on his credentials. Because you got to understand, you know, when they started, they were all hyped up and everything was going great. But then there was these other um, wealthier speakers, better speakers and wealthier speakers that were coming forward. And they were starting to do this comparison trap. And they were looking at Paul and like, you know, Paul, um, one, most of the time you're homeless. Most of the time, it seems like you're in prison or they want you in prison. But look at these guys. They got the wealth, they got the stature, they got the prestige, and they can speak. Do you know they challenged Paul? Because apparently Paul wasn't a good public speaker. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. God can use anyone, right? And so they were focused on all the other things. They were missing the opportunity right in front of them to help those that really needed it most through the gift of generosity. And see, because money was an issue for them now, it meant there was something deeper. It wasn't really that money was an issue. It was less about the money and it was more about the heart. Okay? This meant that the, that the church wasn't fully transformed in their hearts by the gospel of Jesus because the story of Jesus at its heart is the story of generosity. You with me? So let's read um, 2 Corinthians 8 starting in verse 2. Should be on the screen if you're watching us online. Should be somewhere right in front of me. But it says, In the midst of very severe trial, very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in what? Rich generosity. Paul's talking about the other churches, one of the poorest churches. He's lifting up and he's making a point of them. It says in the midst of severe trial, severe trial, our position has more to do with our hearts and less to do with our hardship. Wouldn't you agree, Pastor Rudy? More to do with our hearts What's going on within less to do with what we think is happening to us. It says that the church was super abundant in generosity and joy. Would you like to increase in any of those or both? Give me a hands up if that's you. Oh no, you're all full of joy. You got too much joy. I'm too joyful. Come on. I can't even contain the uh, generosity. Nope, couldn't become more generous. Mm -mm, not possible. <laughs> Of course we could. You see, God's plan to po uh, prosper what's in my hand has to do with what's in my heart. Because an open hand equals an open heart, but a closed hand equals a closed heart. You got that? 
Open hand equals open heart. Closed hand equals closed heart. You know, there's another indication that uh, James shared with the men this morning that if you want to know the thermometer of your heart, check your mouth. Because the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what temperature your generosity is at, check your mouth. Check your heart. My first point I want to talk about uh, living lit means to be enriched in generosity and joy. You want to talk about the culture of living lit? Generosity and joy. The Jesus style lit. Come on. It means to improve the quality of life of others, not just ourselves. But it's both. It's not one or the other. It's both. It's improving the life of others. And while we improve the life of others, watch as your life gets better. Because what you sow is what you reap. You sow generosity, you'll get generosity. It's not rocket science, but it works. You know, I found a recent uh, European study that talked about, you know, giving and, and volunteers. And they did this study, and they found that volunteers were a lot healthier than non-volunteers. Significantly healthier than non-volunteers. The study also showed that volunteers live on average five years longer than non-volunteers. Why do you think that is? They reap what they sow. It also showed that it, it counter-reacts the effects of stress, anger, and anxiety. Get generous. Serve others. Invest others. And what a better season to do it. You want to live longer? I do. <laughs> so into others. And so like Paul said in the scripture, we can actually go from one extreme to the next in a positive way if we properly position our hearts, our hearts towards generosity. Because what's in your heart will translate what's in your hand. Hey, Am, do you like that? You live it, girl, by the way. Verse 3 says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. It says beyond their ability. This is where God's super wants to touch our natural. Beyond your ability. If we started to look at giving beyond what we could give, imagine what God could give through us. Because we are his vessels. For a God-sized gift is a gift that will break the unbelief. Because at the end of my ability is the beginning of his. We've talked about that with, with our family, with our team, with this house, that we need to pray God-sized prayers. Come on. And God-sized prayers also takes God-sized faith. And God-sized faith also takes God-sized action. Right, James? God, faith without works is dead. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think 
according to the power within us. It's right there in his word. Beyond what you think you can do, what you think you can do. So start thinking like, well, I, well, pastor, you know, there's just so many people that need help right now. What can I do? So you're asking the wrong question. What can God do through you? Come on, if he can take a little David and take down a Goliath, he can take three men and walk them through the fire and not even come out smelling like smoke. Do I got to keep going on? What can God do with you? If he can take Gideon, who was in the lowest of his tribe, he was the lowest of the lows, he said. The weakest in his clan, he said. And God shows up and calls him a mighty warrior of God. What could he do with you? We as a community are continued, we continue to be flooded with faith. Flooded with faith because we see the opportunity to clothe the homeless. And if you didn't catch Vision Sunday, we are well on our way to clothing and giving a jacket to every homeless person in this community. When our, when our Chilliwack community cupboard came to us and said, we need your help. So what do you need? We need food. We said, how about we start with 1,000 pounds? 1,000 pounds of food, good? We're well on our way. Do you know that? For, this is how it works. That Sunday, was that last Sunday? Last Sunday, we said that, and already at the end of the service, there was 100 pounds of food. So that's 10%. We're, we're, this we thought this was going to take a year. I think we could, we could give 1,000 pounds of food before Christmas. Well, you're like, well, we can't. Well, maybe we can't, but God can. It just takes faith. Take sewing. And like Pastor Charmaine, my, my bride, said last week, you know, sometimes we look at what we don't have. How about we start looking at what we do have? You all have skills, gifts, and abilities. You know that uh, some of the men were so excited. Um, Mark, Mark was just so pumped. He was saying, we're, we're working downstairs in the kids, new kids' reno. And he's like, oh, man, I just got so excited about the jacket thing. It's so easy. We have so many jackets. And I'm guilty of that. I love my jackets, and I used to live in Alberta so I, and Manitoba. I needed my jackets. Man, you got to get a new jacket every year. Not that that jacket, there's nothing wrong with that jacket, but I like jackets. So we got a closet full of jackets. Anyone can give not just a jacket. Many of us can give several jackets, right? And I'll, I'm curious to see at the end of the day how many jackets came in. You know, we actually had... Uh, we had someone come to us, AJ. AJ came to me at the end of the service. He took, he bought a brand new Nike jacket. And right there, he zipped off that jacket and said, here, I just bought this jacket. I want to give it. Isn't that cool? Because God doesn't just want our scraps. God wants our best. Just like you want to give your best to your kids. We're his kids. He wants to give our best. Be he wants to bless us to be a blessing. And what do we have, Pastor Charmaine? We have this church. This is 27,000 square feet. I don't know if you noticed it. You haven't seen every corner of it yet. But we're going to use every corner for our community and whatever they need. We're opening up, actually, for our community December 17th, Friday. It's just coming out there. Royal LePage and Chris Funk is a magician and an artist. Look them up, uh, by the way. They're gonna, Royal LePage is going to match up to $25,000 of all proceeds raised. You guys, this is a huge deal. 
this is a huge deal that our community is coming to us. They said, we want to be in the College Street uh, Church Theater. We want to be there. You got to understand, this guy was on American Idol, you know, like, oh, yeah. What's that? Sorry, America's Got Talent, right? Disney cruise ships and that. Anyway, but this people, what do we have to give? We have a building. This is your building. This is your home. We own it. But we were called to be stewards of it. And we need to serve our community in every way possible. So we're going to be generous with what we have. And we're going to live lit by giving God-sized generosity and joy. Sorry, back to the scripture. In verse 5, it says, And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So living lit means exceeding the expectation of giving. Giving more than what people expect you to give. That's a God-sized generosity right there. Don't just give what they expect. Don't just do enough to get by. Someone once told me that's the definition of laziness, doing just enough to get by. But our God is not just a God of going to give you just enough to get by. He's a more than enough God who, again, gives us his best and expects our best. He doesn't want our scraps, and neither does our family. Right? Neither do our, our, our friends, and neither does our community. We need to give them the best version of ourselves, but that only comes through God's gracious giving through us, right? So how do we keep that, that, that fire lit? We learn to fuel it. We learn to feed it with the right fuel. We learn to, to let it breathe. You know, uh, that's part of the fuel that the fire needs is it needs air, it needs oxygen, How do we do this? The scripture says there, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. God first. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. Then give to God. Give yourself to God. And then by the will of God to others. Sound familiar? First they gave to God, then they gave to others. This was the commandment given by Jesus in, in Matthew 22, 27 to 40. You must love God and then love others. Everything hangs off this. Maybe the reason that you're not living lit is because you're not fueling your fire with the right food, the right source. You know, the, the, the world has a way of just pouring gas on it, like I did, right? They'll just pour gas all over. But God's word has a way of giving it breath. The breath of life, Genesis 2.7 2, talks about. You know, the, the Greek word, pneuma, is used throughout Scripture and is translated in the Hebrew word as ruah, meaning wind, breath, or spirit. Pneuma. The spirit flows through all creation, bringing life and love, the Scripture says. We stay lit if we have the divine breath abiding in us and through us. Are you with me still, church? Okay. Verse 8. 
verse 7, it says, But since you excelled, I like this, in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Living lit means excelling in the grace of giving. That means giving to those that don't deserve it. That's grace. Grace is a gift we don't deserve. It comes from the Greek uh, New Testament word, charis. God's unmerited favor. It is kindness from God that we don't deserve, but we get it anyway. There's nothing that you and I have done nor can ever do to receive this God type of gracious favor. It's a gift from God and it came with a price of his one and only son. It's the most precious gift that you can ever receive. It wasn't an easy gift for him to give. But we have to learn to receive it. And then to give it. Matthew 10 verse 8 says that freely you have received, so freely give. I don't know what side you're on. Maybe you struggle with receiving. Maybe you struggle with giving. But it's an and. It's both. You need to do both. You need to learn to receive. And you need to learn to give. The scripture also says, and in love, and in the love we have kindled in you. The definition of kindle means to to start a fire, to stir up, arouse interest in art, to bring into being, to cause to glow, and to illuminate. Illuminate. The church was super abundant in generosity and joy. Again, God's purpose prospering in my hand depends on what's in my heart. Open hand. Open heart. The takeaway I have for you guys is this, is that we are to light our world by excelling in the grace of giving. The grace of giving. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me for this scripture? In Isaiah 9 verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, Paul talks about Jesus' grace of generosity. And even though that God, he was rich, he was in heaven, for our sake he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. Rich in spirit. Rich in truth. He tells a story, Paul tells a story of the gospel through a financial metaphor. And Jesus gave up that place of honor in heaven to come to earth to take the position of the cross 
through our sin, through our poverty, that we might become rich in God's grace and transforming us into someone who is more generous and more willing to share our life and resources with others. If you're here today and and this is speaking to you, God's word is speaking to your heart, and you're one of the many that put up your hand and like, I want God-sized generosity, not just to flow to me, but to flow through me. You know, James shared with us the other day a, a testimony, checks in the mail, he calls it. It's just one thing he was taught a while ago, like, Lord, I'm just believing for checks in the mail, and checks have been coming, haven't they? Another friend, uh, and, and James is very generous, by the way, another coach and mentor, who told me, Matt, I just started praying, you know, that God would every day bless me through somebody and give me someone to bless. What a beautiful prayer. That God would bless us and give us an opportunity to bless others. Open hand, open heart. God's after your heart. And if you're here today and you've struggled with receiving or giving generosity, the first thing you need to get is God, a relationship with him. Paul himself said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, we will be saved. He came to start a relationship with you, to set you free of the greed don't let greed get in your way of God-given generosity. Receive it and give it. I want to lead you through a prayer right here, right now. And we're going to do just that. And we're going to invite God in. The king of generosity. Would you just pray after me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for being so generous. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving your son. Forgive me for my sin. I believe that you chose to die for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave. I receive your generosity. I will continue to give in. Right here, right now, I turn from my way and I turn to your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just stay in this moment for a moment. Lord, I thank you for your gift of giving. I thank you, Father God, for what you've given us through your scripture today. And I thank you, Father God, for the tangible, tangible presence of God today. I thank you for hands and hearts that are open for our community, hands and hearts that will love their neighbor, that will love their spouse, their kids, and even those that don't deserve it. Hands and hearts that would point to you, that everywhere that this family goes, that you go, and that people would see the generosity of Jesus flowing through this community and everything we do in Jesus' name. 
You know, that first prayer, if, if you prayed that prayer for the first time ever, um, would you just give me a thumbs up? It's pretty hard to see anybody, but that, that's all right. God sees you. It's more of an action for you, thank you, than it, than it is for me. It's between you and God. Awesome, thank you. You know, the, the scripture says, though, if even just one comes back to the Lord, there's a party going on in heaven, and maybe, maybe you prayed that prayer before, but today something changed. And you realize you've been fueling the fire with the wrong fuel. But you fueled it with faith today and you came back to him. Can you just give me a thumbs up? That's you. Awesome. Praise God. We're going to continue to celebrate. We're going to continue. We got so much to celebrate what God's doing and about to do. And part of uh, being in the family of God is we are commissioned to go into all the world making disciples and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So again, we fill the tub out of faith today. It's got water, but it won't quench the fire that God has put in you. If anything, it will fuel it. Because we are called, it says that when we are baptized, we are baptized with Christ. It represents we go under the water, his death. When, it, when we come up, it says we are resurrected with Christ. It represents his resurrection. So we've got warm towels, we got extra clothes, and if that's you, just come on forward. And if you just want to even come forward and just worship right now and make a praise party in the house and celebrate what God's about to do and has done, just come forward. Let's worship God now. Come on, let's light the fire.